Hi there, how's it going? Pretty good, how are you? Good, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much for letting me reschedule last minute. Oh, of course. Yeah, that, sounded, that, sounded like, uh, that sounded like torture that they moved exams early rather than uh, pushing them back. I, I, when, I was, when I was in college, I, I studied mathematics and um, uh, one teacher gave us a, a, a surprise midterm. We showed up and he just said, we're gonna do the midterm today. Okay, I did. I did not do well on that test. <laughs> My uh, boyfriend is actually studying math right now for his undergrad. All right, I support that. I, of course, <laughs> I, I I don't use it in my professional life, but it was good to do. I actually have a premiere tonight of um, a piece I wrote for Brass Quintet, and it's the most math-heavy piece I've ever written because it oh, that's great. That, that's great. Oh, that's wonderful. Are, are, do, are, will the players get to be together for that, or is it? Yes. So it's a so they're all together. We have this giant stick where we have to measure six feet apart for every um, musician, and we don't get to have an audience, but it will be live streamed. So it's fun. Oh, that's great. C congratulations. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So on with our show. Congrats on the release of the soundtrack last week. How has the response been since that came out? Uh, you know, it, it's, it seems, seems to be positive. It's always, um, it, you never, uh, never entirely know with a, um, with a cartoon that's geared towards kids because most kids, uh, you know, don't tweet about it if they see something and enjoy it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, but it seems like the response of uh, cartoon fans who are online uh, seems to be positive, uh, which, which is nice because with these things, um, especially the way Netflix works, where you finish the whole season before you uh, put it out there, we've been working on this for a long time. So it's nice to, to finally have it out there. How do you see the contrast between ha now having worked with Netflix and also having worked with Disney on other series? Um, it's, you know, I don't know if I've gotten to see it that much just because uh, the team that I'm working with on Kid Cosmic, which is Craig McCracken, and also a lot of the directors and artists uh, were on the last show I did with them over at Disney. Um, and, and so most of my interactions have, have been with them. Uh, there was a time, um, you know, during the series where I asked them, I was like, I, don't, I haven't, I didn't even know who the executive was, like at Netflix, who gave notes. So, was, so that was good. Um, it's, uh, you know, the other stuff I do for Disney is, um, is more preschool geared. Um, so all those things go through a few more rounds of making sure it's, you know, on, on target with what they want to do. Um, but this, this is, I mean, this has been great. You know, it's been, it's been super, super smooth and uh, total creative freedom, which is, which is nice. What do you think is unique about writing music that's specifically geared towards young kids? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, because I almost forget that that's the audience sometimes um, because it's never, uh, especially with this show, it's never part of the direction. You know, it was just, hey, make this music for this fake rock and roll band um, and then score this action. And, um, you know, I, Kid Cosmic, especially more than any other show I've worked on, uh, is definitely good for any audience, I think. You know, it's, it's, a, fun, it's a fun story and, and funny too for adults as well. So I think even though nominally it's, it's for littler kids, um, you know, that's, that's almost never comes in, in my calculation. It's really just following the story and, and the direction of the, of the team. 
So I don't know how involved you are in the Spotify community, but before your soundtrack came out, there were lots of people that were coming out with their own um, like playlists and soundtracks about what they thought like Kid Cosmic would have been listening to on his headphones. Have you oh, seen that's, any of that? Uh, you, you know, I saw um, I, I saw some of them listed when I went to search for the soundtrack when it was up, and I was like, oh, but that's. A, it took me a second to figure out what it was, but that's that's so great. I'm gonna start digging into to, to some of them. Um, maybe when I'm done scoring season two, so they don't uh, influence me too much. Ah. <laughs> you know? But that's oh, but that's really cool because that's um, that was always my uh, vision when scoring the show is that the kid's always wearing headphones and never says it explicitly, but it was always my thought that whatever I'm doing, he's listening to, and that helped propel, you know, some of my decisions and things like that. Mm-hmm. It also like kind of helps with this idea that he's seeing himself as like someone in a comic book or comic book movie hearing those things going on. Yeah, yeah. There was actually there was a movie I think it was in the 80s or 90s uh, that was not a great or terribly cool movie. Uh, it was called Iron Eagle, but it was about some fighter pilot and he had a Walkman on all the time. And before he'd go into battle, he'd press play on the Walkman and would listen to whatever he was listening to. So uh, oh. I guess that movie had had an undue influence on me. Again, not a great movie. Not recommending it necessarily, uh, <laughs> but it was it stuck in my head. Sounds like Star Lord before Star Lord. Yeah, it's, that's exactly that's exactly right. Yes, in my <laughs> slightly older uh, reference, uh, I think it starred Lewis Gossett Jr. and some other guy, Iron Eagle. There was an Iron Eagle two as well. Hmm. Again, I not recommending. Not just, either, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would recommend it, but. So what kind of bands did you initially think of when you were thinking, okay, what is Kid possibly going to be listening to? Did you do any of like your own research and listening before you started scoring? Um, Craig gave some, some pretty specific guidance, just like on our last show, uh, Wander Beyonder, when I, when I was brought in, Craig had a, an idea of sort of the, the world um, in, in musically that he wanted for the show. Um, and then he, with that one and this one he gave me like a, a a cd of like here's here's some things and it was one of those things where like no particular band uh, or artist um that was on on the reference cd was like the thing so it wasn't like just aping someone else like but it was like kind of take a little bit of this from here a little bit of this from here a little bit of this from here um and some of the references for this one it was a few of them were like contemporary like garage rock psychedelic bands like like the ocs or, or Ty Siegel. Um, and then another fun reference was, was the Banana Splits. Remember that band from that old, that old uh, like live action show where they were in big, big costumes, but it was like sort of a cartoonish thing. Um, and the band um, behind this show, Dr. Fang and the Gang is sort of that same way where they have, have big uh, costume masks on. So it was sort of a balance between a pretty hard, um, you know, contemporary, or, or like 70s garage rock um, and just a kind of fun, la la la, catchy element to it. So that's that's what I spent a lot of the time in the development, trying to get it where it could feel intense, uh, where it needed to be and loud, uh, but also be, be fun, fun and and catchy. So there's a lot of ba ba ba's, a lot of la la la's and thing, things like that throughout the, the soundtrack. Is there a cue that you can think of where you're trying to, you were spending a little more time finding that balance. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Uh, hold on, I'm gonna, I have to, I have to see them in front of me. Uh, luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm right, right here. Oh, that's, that's not gonna happen. Um, it's but, all uh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, you know, the, the, the main theme, um, which is like the Kid Cosmic theme, which is like ba 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 ba. Um, that that was sort of the one where we cracked it, where it was like it's without that part, it's um, it's 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 pretty intense and and rocky. And then when it gets to that part, sort of anybody can sing it, and it's and sort of fun. And I just saw somebody did a piano cover of it online, um, mm -hmm. which which was fun because it, it sort of pu pulled out all the loud garage rock parts out of it, and it was just kind of a fun fun bouncy tune. So I, I think it worked. As you mentioned, you didn't do uh, music composition when you were in school or anything. How do you feel like that's impacted how you write music and how that's allowed your style to develop differently than other composers that had a more traditional education? Yeah, I mean, there, there are two things. I, I think um, like one is uh, I, I had the opportunity on this show and which helps me sometimes that I do even when I already have picture, uh, but I had the opportunity to like write a lot of it before there was any video, um, which, which is, which is good. Um, because I could just kind of think about the characters and just kind of write a song with that in mind and not, um, not be too influenced by like any of the visual changes, especially in cartoons because you want to hit some of the hits and, you know, like, um, oh, definitely. And, and, and match, match the visuals and things like that. Um, so, so that, that, Part is I find that I, I enjoy writing not to picture. Uh, one thing about not being terribly uh, classically trained is uh, I have to write a lot in the key of C because I'm not great at uh, at, uh, at piano playing in other keys. So I do a lot of that and then do a lot of transposition in my you know in my computer. Um, so that's that's one thing. Um, but talking about like song based and not writing to picture, I I find that this is sometimes a strength, sometimes a weakness. Um, but like uh, even some of my like scorier stuff orchestral stuff is a, is kind of songy in its structure you know what i mean like it's 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 pretty ryth rhythmic um and i've got um you know i keep rhythm rhythms pretty constant for pretty long sec sections um which sometimes works and when it doesn't um it's sometimes a, a struggle for me to undo that um but i mean like i because my first show was with craig and that's where i had to read, do my first bits of like orchestral writing and things like that. And I uh, super lucky that I'm able to do that now when with sample libraries and computers, you can, you could experiment and have a good sense of what something's gonna sound like as you're doing it. Um, I think if I'd you know, gotten this job like you know, 30 years ago or something where the only way to do it was to write it out and have real people play it. Um, and you would have to just know what it's gonna sound like ahead of time without being able to mock it up. I don't think I would have been able to, to do it at all but it's 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 a pretty um you know even though i uh, you know we did a lot for all all the rock and roll stuff is all is all real instruments um but uh you know it's a it's a pretty amazing time with what you can do with sample libraries especially for like darker effecty things and uh you know all the options with synth synthesizers in the box um, all the reverb yeah yes yes and like and all the things where you could where you, just the instant feedback about you can, you know, have an idea for a piece and you can get it sounding pretty close pretty quickly um, just in front of your computer. So that's, that's, and that's the only way I know, I know how I wouldn't know how to write stuff out and, and have real people play a, a symphonic piece. So. 
Do you have a favorite sound library? Um, let's see, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you the most useful one for um, scoring this show for me um, was a new one from Project Sam in their like Symphobia series. Their last one was Pandora. And the reason is it has uh, tempo. This is really getting, uh, getting deep into software stuff, but it has like a tempo synced um, risers and like tempo synced mm-hmm. swells. So it's like, rather than having to take just like a, a symbol swell that's a certain length and try to make it work with what's going on, you can just, you know, press it and you want it to peak like six beats out and it just does it automatically. And it saved, it, sound, it sounds awesome. And it saved so much time and like you're able oh to gosh. hit. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's even like, there's even like full, um, you know, like full sectional swells and effects that all like peak tempo synced, which is, it's, it saved me so many hours. It's, it's magical. Oh my gosh, I love that. I literally spent like three hours last week on this electroacoustic piece I was working on, working on like getting a cymbal swell to be exactly where I wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so th- this one's, and, and I, I think I found myself, I was so uh, in love with it that I found myself using a little too much. Uh, so I had to, you know, pull back sometimes because otherwise th- there have been times, you know, when you compose with sample libraries, especially ones that have like, certain like built-in effects and swells where like I've heard things that I've used on like other shows and I was like okay I gotta I gotta shy away from that one if another composer can be like oh he's just using that library I I try to try to stay away from that (laughs) fair enough yeah I think they have a new one that has like tempo synced runs in all different keys and all different sections too which is also a huge time saver and again this is like the sort of thing where it's like when especially when I have multiple shows overlapping when there's like multiple, you know, half hour scores and they're, and they're all animation. So you need to hit a lot of the moments. Um, it's a, those sorts of things are incredibly meaningful. I wrote, I wrote them like a gushing letter after I did like the first four episodes of Kid Cosmic. I was like, I can't tell you how much this, how much time this saved me. It's been great. So. That's so awesome. Uh, so I'm sure you've seen like those kinds of sound libraries that are like sometimes made in, co- in collaboration with specific composers. Yeah. They, they reached out to you and they're like, Hey, let's make a sound library together. What would you want to be in it? Oh, that, that, that's a really great question. It would, um, you know, it's like, I always struggle trying to get like, especially for like orchestral action stuff for, for Kid Cosmo, like, like big sounding drums you know, like, like real, real huge, you know, pounding action drums. Um, and I always, um, I always have to layer, you know, multiple libraries and, and do a lot of work to try to make it sound like I want to. Um, if I could have just like single key, boom, the big hit I wanted, that'd be great. Also, whenever I need to do feedback, like your big squealing feedback, um, it's always a, an elaborate process, you know, set up my amps and set up the stuff and, and, and just like have it be really noisy in here and then go in and edit. So it would be great to have a sample library collection of feedback. I'm sure there is one, but um, I'd want it to be with my own guitars and buzz pedals and things like that. Nice. Probably so, not much of a market for that though. So <laughs> big drums and feedback, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to use the Logic drummer less, find more tracks to use. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> so kind of back into uh, Kid Cosmic more specifically. You mentioned that your rock band stuff you recorded and then you had your orchestral stuff um, done with 
sound libraries? Were you ever combining the two together or figuring out how to balance that stuff? I mean, there are definitely a, a handful of cues. Um, uh, let me step back. The, that question was also like my concern when we started doing the actually got to episodes. Can you know, I did a bunch of music ahead of time for this and we did a pilot uh, early on, but um, like when we got in, I was like, is it gonna, is it gonna be weird? Cause we transitioned pretty quickly from like rock and roll kind of source sounding music to, um, to orchestral stuff. Um, and I was just happy it kind of worked out better than I thought it was going to. Um, and I, I think just part of it is like just the luck of that I wrote it, you know, so like I have my own quirks and sounds and, you know, things like that. So it's like, it sounds natural when you switch ensembles, if it's from the same, the same person. Um, I think it might've been a, not as smooth um, if, if it were more divided up, like let's say if it was just like I had just been doing the rock stuff and somebody else was doing the score stuff, it might have been a little a little different. But I think I just got lucky that maybe it's my limitations that I applied to both. But and also it, it's it's also a, another technical thing that can also just be a function of mixing. You know, it's like mm -hmm. if they just do a nice, you know, fade out of one into the other when they're mixing the episode. I think I think that fits. Very nice. Did you have a favorite character to uh, score for when you were doing this? Uh, yeah, my, my favorite scenes are um, are tuna sandwich, uh, <laughs> the, the precognitive cat, and um, one of the one of the hardest episodes to do, but it was the most fun and most rewarding was his first episode, where it, it's he's like a truck stop cat, so whenever he does all this his action, it's kind of like this ZZ Top kind of trucker music. Um, and then when he starts having visions of the future and his third eye flashes, um, we did a pretty John Carpentery uh, thing. Um, so that was really fun to do because both both types of those music uh, were were are fun fun for me. So I, I enjoyed that. However, I remember it being uh, one of the most again on a technical composer level one of the most difficult episodes to deliver because like every time we switch from synth to you know ZZ Top to then like orchestral stuff, it was it was a different cue, so a different logic project for me. So there ended up being like, you know, 50 or 60 short cues that I needed to deliver for that all with different stems and things like that. So that was that. But in the end, it was reward. Nice. So if you could have any of the cosmic rings of power, which one would you want to have? Uh, without without uh, spoiling uh, what, it, what it does, uh, the kids won, uh, which allows them to fly, but is revealed that also does other things in the end. That that seems that seems the most useful. I don't know if I would um uh I don't know if I'd want clones of myself, uh, which was one of them. I don't know if I'd want to be huge. Um and uh and seeing the future that that seems a little fraught. So you know flying moving things around that that seemed that seemed like the most fun. I would love to have the ring where you can like make the portals. Oh, so yeah. much faster to get from rehearsal to rehearsal. That'd be so nice. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Although, uh, as they show, there's the, the the risk of you know slicing yourself into into various parts with those if you close close the portal too quickly. So that's a that's that's a high risk ring. But um, uh, I can, I'm I can feel that. I'm only five foot two. I don't have much to lose. <laughs> that's great. But it's funny you said about getting back and forth from rehearsal because since the the virus started, I um, would have to, you know, we would all have to go to recording sessions all the time. And even though I missed that, 
um, the uh, especially like vocal vocal recording sessions. The the amount of time I haven't had to spend driving from my neighborhood to Burbank to record people, um, it's it's been significant. So maybe yeah. uh, post pandemic portals will help with that. That would be nice. I'm living in Nebraska now, but I am originally from California, so I am no stranger to, you know, being in traffic for so many hours. Yes, yes. What do you find to be the biggest sound difference, if there is any, between going to recording sessions and just recording in your studio? I mean, you know, there's, um, with, there's like some feel things that are obviously better um, when you can have, uh, especially like the bass player and the drummer in the same, in the same room for the rock and roll stuff, uh, that, that I do. Um, and that, that's a pretty intangible thing because with the way we have to do these things, and I'm thinking of like my other Disney shows too, where I, I read, I read a lot of songs, uh, for those. Um, but, but the way I have to do it, it's like, I have to demo it here in my, um, you know, my computer, you know, using, using fake drums. Um, and then they animate to that. So like the timing's locked, you know, so it's like, it's not like we could go with a real drummer and a bass player um, and, uh, you know, change the, the, the timing of the, of the groove or anything like that. Um, but even when they're still just doing replacing, you know, replacing the stuff that I've tempted in, um, having real people in the same room is great. Um, but yeah, so it's had to be with, with the pandemic. It's like, um, the the drummer who who's played on all the Kid Cosmic stuff, his name's Nick Vincent, and he's great. And he, like he played on all, a lot of records that I listened to when I was when I was younger, um, by like Frank Black and, and others. Um, he's we've talked on the phone once and never met, and I just send him things and he sends back awesome awesome drums. It's it's a it's a very it's a very uh, pandemic-y internet relationship. Uh, I bet but, yeah yes. I definitely get that. Percussionists are some of the, especially in person, are some of the most chaotic, fun people to work with. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a, but uh, when we've, um, when we've gotten to record live drums in, in a room, it's a, it's, I, I miss watching it, you know, I miss watching people make drums work because I, I barely know how to do it. And I also, uh, I also like hearing what they do because I'll, you know, we're doing stuff with MIDI and samples you know, I'll occasionally write a hit that has, uh, you know, four different or six different drums happening at the same time. And to hear what they do with that when they couldn't physically do it all at once um, is always, always fun for me. Yes. I love how, like, working with other instrumentalists, they're always like, can you change it? Whereas if you work with a percussionist, they're like, I'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think what you just said is accurate. Made it like, happen. challenge accepted. Yes. yes. So last question without getting too spoilery. Yes. Uh, what's something that you hope to be able to bring into the music for season two? Uh, well, there's um, there's the reveal at the end of the se season one where season two is going to happen. Um, uh, not at the, or at the same truck stop, but, you know, in a different location. Uh, space uh, and so so that's been sort of the driving force where it's like there was always sort of an undercurrent of kind of desert diner country that was sort of the home base in season one um, that home base has changed and so that that influences influences um, 
you know, what happens. So one of the questions that comes up uh, in season two, again, without giving away too much, where there'll be like a piece of reference music or an idea for a scene. And the question is, how do we do, what does that sound like in space? You know, so what does, what does diner background music sound like in space? What does a, you know, a kid cosmic team adventure sound like in space? These are, these are the sorts of things we're working on. Awesome. Well, I can't believe it's already been 30 minutes. It has been so much fun getting to talk to you about Kid Cosmic. It was honestly so much fun for me to just go back and watch a kid's show for a week. I haven't done that right. in such a long time. I've been watching Bones recently, so this was like <laughs> nice. Uh, that's great. That's great. I've watched a lot of Bones in, in my past. Uh, but that's great. And, th and thank you so much uh, for doing this. And um you know, for, for watching the show and having uh, such thoughtful questions. And it's really nice to talk to somebody who's, who's a composer and involves in music. So we get to get into the nuts and bolts of, of how all this stuff uh, works. Because um, uh, that's, uh, I think, I, I know when I was trying to figure a lot of this stuff out, that's one of the things that's like hardest to find is like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, material out there where it's people talking about how they actually make stuff work, especially people who are like uh, not trained and had to sort of figure it out on their own so um, so it's it's fun to be able to talk about that so thank you so much thank you best of luck with season two i hope to talk to you after that comes out too oh good let's put it in the book thank you so much yes thanks andy bye Hi guys, thank you so much for tuning into episode three of this season of Chatting with Creators. I had so much fun digging into the nuts and bolts of the music behind Kid Cosmic with Andy Bean today. It is one of my favorite interviews that I have done so far because we really got to get into how these kinds of shows are created on the music side, especially during COVID. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I will be with you again next week for a future episode. I forgot which one it is on the top of my head, but you know what? You guys have the schedule. It's on Instagram. We're all good. Don't forget to tune in to the UNL Glencore School of Music page this Thursday for the premiere of my original piece, Stars Beyond Turmoil, for electronics, hand pan, and bass steel pans. It's going to be a blast. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>